Welcome back to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. In these uncertain times, we're seeking those places where God feels close, where we catch an unexpected glimpse of the sacred amidst the everyday. I'm Mother Lindsay Lunham, the rector of Zion. And I'm Carl Adair, a seminarian and intern at Zion. And this is the sound of La Jornada. La Jornada is a food pantry located in the James Bland Houses, a NYCHA public housing complex in Flushing, Queens. It's about 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning in mid-October. I'm here with Alexis Sotarakis, an attorney, an activist, and a Sunday school teacher at Zion. She's La Jornada's lawyer, but right now, we're sorting carrots and green peppers, apples and yams, working alongside 15 or 20 volunteers getting ready to greet the line of people gathered outside. People who have been hit hard by the pandemic. People who need food for their families. This week, we're going to hear from Alexis about the work that the Holy Spirit is doing at La Jornada and how she's been a part of it, about how her activism and her faith have become more integrated, and how developing deeper relationships in her own neighborhood have opened up thin places where God shows up. And one of the themes of our conversation is that it's always okay to start small, because even the smallest act of solidarity has a ripple effect. People think they have to do something big. They think they have to do something impactful or something that's going to get covered by the news or something that's going to be mentioned in their obituary, right? Where I have no doubt somebody at this food pantry is going to pick up an apple or a pepper and it's going to have a profound impact on their lives in meaningful ways or the lives of somebody else in unimaginable ways. And I think that, you know, it. It's that important sense of connection that keeps the work going and and making those connections. It was one of those small connections that led Alexis into the work that God has been doing at La Jornada. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's amazing how mundane it is, right? So I trace it back to 2016 where... I'm like, okay, I'm going to engage more. I'm going to engage more with my community. I'm going to engage more on social media. And I limited all my interactions to, I'm going to really try to be deeply rooted in my neighborhood. And uh, one of the local college professors, uh, Professor Hum, was having a walking tour of Flushing. And Bobby Nathan, who's a community activist who's on the board of La Jornada, was among the participants and you know we were talking about La Jornada and I you know was like oh my gosh this is really um, I'm really upset that you know this food pantry might disappear and then I got connected with Pedro and you know the minute I met Pedro I'm like I can help you like working out leases and licensing agreements and insurance certificates is something I can do. La Jornada has been serving the people of Flushing for 12 years but back in the winter Pedro Rodriguez, the founder and executive director, needed to find a new base of operations. He knew there was space here in the Bland Houses, 
but there was a ton of paperwork and contractual questions to sort out before that could happen. Enter Alexis and her legal expertise. With her help, La Jornada was able to move into its current home in the middle of March. And I don't think it hit me until April or May of how significant being able to help Pedro get access to the nature complex. Because, you know, I, I, again, it would have happened without me, but I made it a little easier. And we didn't know the pandemic was coming. And how, in a very small way, I am part of the magic of God's blessings that feed people here every day. The same way the magic of all those hands that were packing the food earlier today, right? Like everybody is contributing a little bit of their soul, a little bit of their own godliness to make this happen. And it's not ever gonna be just one person. Even with all those people working in solidarity, contributing their different skills and gifts, La Jornada was quickly overwhelmed by the need of this community during the height of the COVID crisis here. For 12 years, La Jornada has been feeding about 500 people a week. But back in April and May, there were often 2,000 people lining up every day. La Jornada struggled to adapt, but Pedro found new partners and purveyors and donations came in from around the city, including from Zion and our Walter Wintage Fund. They expanded their operations in Flushing and organized contact-free drop-offs to the elderly and immunocompromised. They even set up a satellite food pantry in Corona. Despite all that creativity and generosity, there were days when La Jornada ran out of food and people who had nowhere else to turn went home empty-handed and hungry. Days when it was easy to lose hope. When it felt like all this work was just a drop in a leaky bucket. So I asked Alexis where she's been drawing strength and comfort in her work for social justice. The thing that has given me great comfort uh, from the Bible that is really unexpected to me because I really... I'm not someone who comes from a faith tradition that was very Bible-centric, so the idea that I would have inspiration or thoughts about a Bible story is kind of new for me on my spiritual journey. But this idea of prophets and wandering in the desert, because for a lot of my political activism and a lot of my life, my journey was beginning. So the idea is, oh, I'm going to get to the promised land. I'm going to achieve uh, reproductive justice in my lifetime for the women of America. I'm going to get to a post-racial America. I'm going to witness this. And to understand that Mary is one of the prophets, right? One of the people that is going to die in the desert on some level. Like I think a lot about Martin Luther King and James Baldwin and Mr. Rogers and all these people that have passed and people that are on the end of their journey, people like Angela Davis, who whose story is not yet finished and being so grateful to taking taking being so grateful for the people who are still on the journey with me 
with the understanding that whatever our goals are, like we may not accomplish them. They may not happen in my lifetime. So Alexis draws strength and solace from a long tradition of prophets and pilgrims who worked for justice, even though they knew that justice would be realized only after they were gone. But she has also been drawing strength from the legacy of someone even closer to home, someone whose faithful work is having ripple effects that have come back to touch Alexis herself. Alexis told me about a time in the early summer when she really needed encouragement. This was not long after the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Black Lives Matter protests were happening, and Alexis was feeling overwhelmed by how far we still need to go as a nation to realize the promise of our founding ideals. You know, I was feeling pretty down. I think there's a lot of people that have struggled with depression, have struggled with Um, you know, questioning whether their work is meaningful, questioning if what they're doing is worth it, you know, and I was definitely having one of those days, one of those days. And I thought, was thinking at the time a lot about um, my friend Mary Mary O'Sullivan, And Mary, I don't, you never met Mary, right? So Mary um, is someone I met at Zion who was also very involved in social justice. And I only knew her a year or two before she passed, but she was my fellow Sunday school teacher. So because we were teaching Sunday school together, we got really close and she shared a lot of herself with me and a lot about her family and her perspective and her lived experience. And I was really, really gobsmacked um, when, when she passed away. I was, it was kind of unexpected and um, I was very upset and very hurt. And um, uh, it, it was a lot. And, I was privileged uh, to know and love Mary O'Sullivan, too. When I officiated her funeral, people from all around Douglaston and Bayside came to witness to the impact she'd had on their lives. She didn't make big demonstrations. She didn't take on the whole world. She started small, in the way Alexis was talking about earlier. She just lived out her values in all the spheres of her life, consistently working to protect and lift up the people around her, especially her students at St. Anastasia School and at MS 158 Marie Curie Middle School in Bayside. One day I was on social media and there right near my office were um, BLM protests. And it was kind of amazing that in Whitestone, in Clintonville, there were these BLM protests um, that were happening. And, um, you know, I was trying to support them in any way that I could. So I was following the protesters and I was having a really, really hard time. And I looked on social media and I saw a sign And you know, you talk about the signs from God, right? 
This was a literal sign. Alexis scrolled through her phone to show me a picture of a hand-lettered sign that someone had brought to this Black Lives Matter protest. A big sign on social media says, do not talk to the police. Ask for your mommy or daddy. Mrs. Mary O'Sullivan, legendary MS-158 teacher. Um, 1989 to 2017. You know, I think in the moment she was talking to specific teenagers, right? And giving them specific advice in the context of her classroom. The idea that those comments were impactful and maybe spurred a young woman to political action in a way that she wouldn't have otherwise. And then all the things that she's going to do and all the ripple effects. And to see a message from my friend was so amazing, right? Like, so powerful, right? Like, the idea that her social justice work had impacted these kids in ways that she never even anticipated. But it was just the reminder that I needed in the moment that I needed it. felt it here. I'm, point, I'm like pounding my chest near my heart. I felt it was, it was, it was actually almost like a physical bolt. Like I, I mean, I was, I was moved almost physically. Um, and I think it was hope. I think it was, it was such an overwhelming sense of hope and purpose and commitment because you know I think a lot of people think like oh Mary O'Sullivan's story ended the day I attended her funeral and it didn't it didn't it continued it, it was it was a physical experience and it was it was unexpected I wasn't looking for it you know it just and that's the way God works right it's like um yeah There's so much here in these stories. What's something that speaks to you, Carl? For me, I mean, starting at the end there, I was so moved by Alexis's testimony that Mary O'Sullivan's story isn't over. The love and care that she showed to her students is having those ripple effects. She's still transforming the lives of people who knew her. And in turn, those people are carrying forth and extending Mary's values of justice and mercy into new situations, bringing her example and her memory with them. Yeah, I I can't help but think that we're coming up to the feasts of all saints and all souls when we remember those who've gone before us, when we celebrate that those who have died are never truly gone even though they are no longer present among us in the way they once were, they live in God, which means that they too can meet us in the thin places we stumble into. Through this sign, through a picture on social media, it was like Mary O'Sullivan tapped Alexis on the shoulder and said, you don't have to do this alone. You're not alone in the struggle for justice. You're not alone in the tough internal work of discernment and recommitment. And even though your work might not be showing immediate results, the seeds you're planting will sprout. 
in unexpected ways, in unexpected places. And La Jornada is also one of those places where Alexis has been able to see some wonderful things sprout. She didn't know when she decided to get more connected to her neighborhood that she was planting a seed, that when she went on that walking tour of Flushing that she was planting a seed, that when she offered to help Pedro with the negotiations to move into the bland houses that she was planting a seed, seeds that would blossom in the midst of the terrible food insecurity that the pandemic has created for so many. Yeah, she just made a first step in living out her values more intentionally, and that had a ripple effect. And then she took another step, and that had a ripple effect. And as she discerned what step to take next, she felt the supportive presence of her friend Mary O'Sullivan, who renewed her hope. Her hope that God is working in and through the ripples of our small steps, growing great things from small seeds. Alexis mentioned Mr. Rogers, who was also one of my personal spiritual heroes. So I want to invite you into a brief but moving meditation that I'm borrowing from him. In 1997, when Fred Rogers was honored with an Emmy for Lifetime Achievement, he made a moving acceptance speech that characteristically took the attention off of him and invited the audience to look for the helpers, to remember the helpers. This is what he said. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take along with me a moment to think of the people who have helped you become who you are? Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life? Maybe it's a teacher like Mary O'Sullivan or someone else whose example you cherish. Maybe it's someone you know well, or somebody who came into your life just for a moment, but at just the right time. Someone whose example is guiding and sustaining you in these times. Take 10 seconds to hold them in your mind and heart. Whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. And now, still holding the image of that person in your mind, I invite you to think of a small step that you can take to live out your values more deeply in your neighborhood. Is there a way to take a step further into the work of love and care and justice in your community? Is there something happening that gets you curious, like a walking tour that you want to check out? Is there a gift or skill that you can offer? Is there someone you could encourage as they become who they are? It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be one step, and then let God work out the ripples. Let us pray. 
God of signs and wonders, who calls each and every one of us to live more deeply into the lives you have given us. We ask for your help right now. We desperately want this world to change, and we are willing to do our part. But what exactly do you want us to do today? Open the eyes and ears of our hearts to sense where you are calling us to go. Give us the courage to take the first step, even if it is small, even if it feels insignificant, even if we are not sure the ground beneath us will hold. Help us to trust that each step will create a ripple. Each small action will make a difference, even if we cannot see it. You have given us companions along the way, saints, friends, and helpers. We invite them into this story that we are writing with you, O God, trusting that if we all do the next right thing, we will be helping you transform the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the giver of life and the author of our salvation. Amen. Amen. We have a few episodes still planned before we wrap up this first experimental season of Thin Places. But, as always, we're looking for thin places we don't know about yet. If you're listening and you've got a place where you are experiencing God's presence in new ways in this time, write us and tell us at Zion Church. 11363 at AOL.com. You've got mail. Or if you've made it safely into the 21st century, you can post on our Facebook page. That's Zion Episcopal Douglaston. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if one of these episodes has moved you, share it with a friend. Maybe that's a small step to take this week. Our music was composed by Nick Marcella. We got production help from DJ Kashmir and Meg Kramer. And this project was generously supported by a grant from the Episcopal Evangelism Society. This week, thanks so much to Alexis Sotarakis for telling us her story. And for her work with La Jornada that has drawn Zion deeper into the work of addressing food insecurity in our community. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep your eyes and ears and heart open for the unexpected ways that God is speaking into your life and working to heal this world. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Stay safe, everybody.